0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Local Bites podcast. I'm Amin Yazdani, your host. It's not easy to start and run a local restaurant. There's a big upfront investment, tight margins, and lots of hard work. Some might say you need to be a little bit crazy to run a successful restaurant. Yet we all know amazing local entrepreneurs who take on this challenge every day. These people make our local communities stronger. Every week, I host one of these amazing people to share their story. But this week, we have two of them on this call. My guests this week are Neil Adnani, CEO and Samir Adnani, CFO slash CTO of Nonstop. Samir, Neil, welcome to Local Bites. Thank
1: you. Thanks, Thanks for, for
0: having, for having us. us. Awesome. It's great to have you. So you've been in business 10 years. Why did you decide to, uh, that you wanted to open a restaurant?
1: Nonstop was born out of a conversation around the dinner table our friends would come over to our house and they would gladly raid the fridge. Uh, but they would never go out to eat at an Indian restaurant. And we thought, how do we change that? How do we make Indian food, something that people feel comfortable going out and ordering? They would always feel like they needed someone to come with them and and guide them through the process.
0: That is awesome. And then, so that idea, tell me about that conversation around the, the dinner table and how that started. Um, and what what was the next step that that you had to take to to make nonstop a reality? Because it's there's a lot of work goes into actually starting a restaurant.
2: Yeah. So our mom, all of our recipes at nonstop are our mom's recipes. And at the time, she was actually catering. People loved her food so much that she started a catering business.
1: Interesting. And um, we
2: were trying to think how do we broaden the appeal. We were trying to convince her to to open an Indian restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee. But at the time, we had those problems of the average person was confused, was intimidated to walk into an Indian restaurant Mm -hmm. and always felt like they needed a guide. They needed someone who knew the menu, who knew the language in order to teach them what they needed to eat. Um, And that's when Neil and I started brainstorming how do you make it more comfortable? How do you make it more approachable? How do you make it understandable? So the average person can walk in, understand how they need to order. And that was the basis for our menu, which has wraps, rice bowls, and salads. Things people understand today, uh, but the protein and the flavors are all, ours are all 100% homemade to mom's recipes.
1: Well, everything is our mom's recipe. That was really important to us. We didn't want people to feel like oh, we're making it easy, but we're also dumbing it down or watering down the flavors. You know, We make everything from scratch. Our team gets in at sometimes four and five in the morning to make food from scratch. We do it the right way and we make food with love. We just make it really convenient. We make non-wraps, rice bowls and salads with everybody kind of knows how to eat or how to order. Um, But you can walk up right to the counter and look at the food and ask for samples and ask the team, "What? hey, what is this about? What is like mm-hmm. make it a really comfortable environment where people can walk in and enjoy the flavors that they already know what they love. But if they don't have any idea, they can feel welcome to.
0: Of course. Of course. Take me through the process. Cause the one interesting thing in, in, in this, uh, um, in the way that you solve that problem is that actually you, you guys decided to start doing this together as two brothers. So it's like a family business with your mom's re- recipes and probably with a lot of her help in, initially. Uh what goes into that decision? Making that decision of, oh, we're gonna start doing something together. We're gonna start building this business as a family business, going outside of being being brothers into being um, basically the the co owners, the the co workers in 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 this area of like building this company together.
1: Yeah, Samir and I both started working on this from different angles. Um, I was. Uh, working, I graduated from college and I was working at a hedge fund and I hated it. And when the markets uh, went south and you know I lost my job, I said, "Great, <laughs> I'm going to go and try to do something that I feel more passionate about." And I took a minimum wage job at a Jimmy John's to learn the restaurant business. I learned, you know, how to lead a team, how to make schedules, how to do inventory and order food, and you know, just these basics of how to run a restaurant. I I thought of it like going to school. And so meanwhile, while I was doing this, Samir uh, was in business school and he was working on it, uh, on the business plan and things like that in his classes.
2: So I, I was at USC in business school and wanted to explore the entrepreneurship track there. So I made nonstop the focus of all my classes in the entrepreneurship program. So feasibility analysis, business plans, you know. I was interviewing people, going and eating at food trucks, talking to them, talking to other restaurants, and just trying to fine-tune the idea while Neil was learning a lot of the operational background, the systems and procedures, and so forth in Chicago. So I'll never forget when we were uh, wrapping up at at business school and I was going into graduation, Neil had flown in from Chicago, and he was telling me about his career and where he was at Jimmy John's and how he felt like, uh, there wasn't any opportunity for advancement or growth for him. And so I told him, why don't you move to LA? I'm graduating. I was taking a job with AT&T right out of grad school. Mm -hmm. And I told him move in with me and we'll open a food truck and we'll give nonstop a go uh, and try to make it happen. And I'd said that literally right as I walked into graduation, So Neil took his time to think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when Samir got out of his ceremony, I gave him a big hug. I said, congrats, bro. I'm moving to L.A. And I (laughs) flew back to Chicago. I turned in my two-week notice. I sold all my stuff that couldn't fit into my Volkswagen Golf, and I drove out to L.A.
0: That is awesome. So then... Right out of Samir's school, and then you you just left the, the Jimmy John's like the the job, and now you started the the the, the first location. You started the first uh, the first location was a food truck. Is that correct?
1: We started as a food truck. We just wanted to get out there and start feeding people and see what it was like. So we okay. literally maxed out some credit cards and leased out a food truck, got some food, we started going, and we did that for about a year to test it out. Um, but we always wanted to open up a restaurant. And so when our lease was finished, we, um, turned our, turned our truck back in and we, we wanted to get back closer to home. Uh, we grew up in the South and, um, Samir went to Georgia Tech for undergrad. Uh, so we thought Atlanta was a great place. We moved to Atlanta and we opened up our first store in Atlanta in 2011.
0: 2012. 2012. That, yeah. So two, two questions that, that I want to go deeper into before, before we come back to the story and continue with this story, running a food truck. What are the things that you learned from running a food truck that you're still <laughs> using it today in running your restaurant?
2: Oh Anything my that could go wrong with a kitchen <laughs> or a vehicle will go wrong and probably go wrong simultaneously.
1: <laughs> the food truck was I, I, very, I, very stressful. And, um, one a, a few things that we learned was that um, we like building regular customers. We like knowing and loving our Ooh. customers, which was a little bit more challenging in a food truck because, you know, you're moving from different place to different place a lot of times and going to events. And um, we liked being our favorite locations were the ones where we would come there Hey, every Tuesday afternoon. We're going to be here every Tuesday for dinner. We're at this spot and started to get to know our guests. Um, from the business standpoint, acquiring a customer is the most difficult part. Retaining a customer is always easy and more cost effective. And, you know, I'd rather have 10 customers who come and eat with me once a week than a hundred customers who come one time. Um, and so we found that that was really important to us. Um, we also found some different things, you know, we, we found that what neighborhoods worked for us? What kind of events that we did uh, brought, attracted the kind of people who wanted to eat our food and really enjoyed our food. Um, so that gave us some learning lessons too with where to put down roots. That's when we ended up opening up locations.
0: That is awesome. How would you go about like analyzing the way like which location is working better than the other? Like, is that only about the number of uh, orders that you're getting, or are there other other questions that you're trying to answer? when you're going, like when you're deciding where you will be every Tuesday for for dinner? Like, what are those metrics?
2: So with the food truck, there were definitely, you know, there were a bunch of different ways to find your locations. There were locations that everybody, a lot of food trucks would go, like a food truck park almost is what it is today. There are festivals. There are doing your own scouting, driving by and seeing a different location and then Doing the research behind it, seeing how many people are walking in to if it's, you know, we found that there's an affinity between Trader Joe's customers and nonstop or Whole Foods customers and nonstop. Um, you know, and we tried just parking outside of Trader Joe's one day and did great mm-hmm. and tra- tried to explore that. Do traffic counts, how many people are coming by, how many people are walking versus driving, you know, there's, a whole you can get as surface level or as deep as you want on doing those analytics to find those locations
1: we get very granular on those like when anytime we scouted a new location we do hours and hours across several days and different day parts where we will sit in restaurants and cafes and bars and just out on the street and do traffic counts um and try to get a real sense of how many customers are patronizing each one of these businesses, what do I suppose or know to be their average check per customer, and do extrapolations like this to really, you know, you can't just go into a place and say, oh, well, you know, this this restaurant's here and this restaurant's here, you know, there must be a lot of business. Um, so we do a lot of that homework to find out where is that business exactly.
0: That is very interesting. And then, so 2012, you started the first location in Atlanta, Georgia. And now you guys have three locations, is that correct? Correct. That's
1: right. We have three locations now, and um, we just took an investment that's going to grow our footprint and um, build out our franchising program as well.
0: That is awesome. Congratulations on the success so far. I'm really interested to understanding... How would you go from then, so deciding on the first location, definitely. So you said you know, a lot of this conversation, figuring out where the first location needs to be, where, where you're taking roots. What are the learnings? What, what have you learned with each additional location that you were adding around like, how to run this more efficiently and how to make it a successful brand?
1: I mean, the, biggest, the biggest challenge is managing people. Anybody, anybody can make food, but when you start to grow multiple locations, I mean, not anybody can make food. <laughs> like, you know, obviously you need the passion and the skill, but, and so much sweat goes into it, but, mm-hmm. um, when you are an owner operator with one location, it's much easier to maintain the quality, to see that everything is happening the way that you want it, because you're there most of the time. Um. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges is building a culture where people do the right thing, whether you're there or not. People do things the nonstop way, whether you're there or not. People take pride in their work, whether you're there or not. Um, and building that culture and training a team and being able to rely on that team has been the biggest challenge. Um, it's me, for me personally, just in my own personal growth and being able to. When I look at myself 10 years ago and the way that I would lead a team, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot of different things and become a lot more adept at doing that through a lot of trial and error. Um, but that has really been the biggest challenge of our growth from multiple locations.
2: And I'll say, you know, Neil's done a lot of great work in putting systems and procedures in place, putting recipe books and step by step guides of, You know, before we open the store, here's the 10 things that we need to do to make sure that we have a successful shift. Now that we've gotten through lunch, here's the five things we need to do to get cleaned up and reset and putting those daily checklists together to let people focus on serving guests and bringing the warmth and giving great service versus trying to remember every little thing that goes on. I think another thing that we realize in this is that we need to put those systems, that infrastructure in place. And that how important our time is uh, in, in building the company and building a company. When you're at one store, you're a business, you're a small business, you're a, a family-owned business, right? As you grow and scale, you don't have the same time like Neil was talking about to sit there and oversee everything, to coach everybody individually, yourself, to make sure that to clean up something that that wasn't clean properly, that to taste all the food every single day to make sure that it's made to our standards. Right. And so you really have to start thinking about, okay, where can I spend my time in order to make a great product and make it consistent?
0: I think that's that's the challenge that when you're when you're going beyond just building a a small business comes through. Right. So that when you want to expand that, when you want to replicate the same success that you have in in one location, in other locations what I'm interested in, in in knowing because you mentioned um, before you started the first trial with the with the with the food truck Neil so Samir mentioned that Neil was telling me about the lack of opportunity of advancement at uh, Jimmy John's when you were before what are you doing and that's that to me that relates directly to the people problem right to the people to the problem of getting people buy-in the culture but also providing them with the with the opportunities of growth so we can actually keep them for the longer and they can be there for you multiple years may, maybe decades to actually be be with non-stop what are you guys trying to do in not only making sure that the people are doing the right thing but also keeping them engaged with the brand and as, as an employee and make sure that the the problem with the work shortage that like everybody's talking about is not affecting nonstop as much as um, a lot of other restaurants and and, uh, other hospitality businesses are experiencing that.
1: Yeah. Um, Building a culture of appreciation is really important. I think that the restaurant business has faced challenges in retaining talent because we haven't, the rest, the industry hasn't necessarily treated people particularly well. You know, we've asked people to work long hours overtime late nights early mornings you know everything and so and you know it's a lower paying industry so we have to be more we have to be better we need to be better um about the way that we treat our workers and the way that we think of people you know as part of our team and so um We try to really create a culture where people feel really genuinely appreciated for their work, where they're fairly compensated Mm -hmm. and um, provide opportunities for advancement, like you said.
2: We'll hire people to come in to become a GM with us and we'll train them. And once they spend uh, the right amount of time with us where they are experts on running the business and the day-to-day operations, then there's an opportunity for them to open their own nonstop location and their nonstop franchise, Mm -hmm. or they can continue to build their own, uh, develop themselves and build their own business thereafter, not just be an employee for nonstop. And we think that's uh, really important to give them someplace to go and take to the future, give them opportunities to grow professionally as well as, you know, in their uh, personal development. And, it's a stepwise iteration. So you learn the operations as a general manager mm-hmm. because there's a whole host of other things that you need to worry about in as a business owner, like my business licenses, my permits, my hiring people. You know, there's a whole additional level above and beyond what it takes to run a store and
0: keep it running on a day-to-day basis. That is, that is super interesting. So, and then you mentioned about uh, the funding that you just uh, recently got to expand the brand. Again, congratulations on that. Everything you. that you guys are doing is very, very impressive. Um, two questions on that side. Like, first of all, what are the scenarios as, as a founder, as, as an entrepreneur? What are the scenarios that you suggest other restaurateurs, other founders to look into expansion through getting funding? So that's, that's my question one. And then the second question: What have you learned going through that process of like actually raising funding for expanding your brand that 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 you think will be worth sharing with with our listeners?
2: So we've learned a lot through this journey. The partner that we have is Full Course. Uh, they are committed to helping minority and uh, minority-owned food businesses build and grow and expand and achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. So we've always had the dream to make nonstop, uh, V name for Indian food and make it as easy to Indian food as easy to eat as it is to eat a burger, a slice of pizza or a burrito or a taco. Um, along this way, we've learned that it's really, really important to have people who are committed to that vision on board with you as a partner um, as well as people who have deep industry experience. Um, for us, you know, there have been several people along the way who have told us, you know, we love your concept. We love your idea. We are looking, we would like to invest in nonstop and help you grow. But to us, it was about finding the right partner and the right fit who could work together over a long period of time. Yeah. And who provided guidance and mentorship and knowledge in areas where we are lacking. Um, because while I have 100% faith in my brother, I have 100% faith in myself, but you still need experience to help you level up and to get places faster. It's like why you go to college. It's why you take certain jobs to get that experience so that you can achieve
0: your goals and dreams. And that's what we found with Full Course. So let me let me ask you the question, Samir, and then maybe I can ask that question from Neil after. How's, uh, how is how? How is it running a business with your brother it's
2: It's great, believe it or not. Neil and I have always grown up very close, um, and our parents taught us to value each other uh, and the experiences and the expertise that each of us bring we have different personalities and different um, passions and different areas of expertise so that we kind of work within our lanes. You know, while Neil loves to be in the store working with people, I love the guest interaction. But in terms of like the day-to-day being on my feet every day and the same level of involvement with the employees, that's something that Neil excels at and enjoys a lot more than I do. Meanwhile, I have always done, you know, for the first... Five years of us running this business, I was doing double duty, working at AT AT&T and working in nonstop. So I've always done things behind the scenes like the books and posting to social media and doing technology where I didn't have to be physically present in the store at all times. Um, That's kind of how we split the load up. And I think that works for us because we have our areas of focus that we both enjoy.
0: That is awesome. Neil, what about you? What, 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 how is it uh, working with Samir, working with your brother on the business as, as founders? Uh, how that been for you? I,
1: it's such a blessing, really just such a blessing. Um, when you're starting a business, so many things can go awry and you just need to know that somebody's got your back. Like no matter what, they're going to show up to work. Like there were days where like, you know, I just, I just needed to know that no matter what, like it was going to get done. And because my brother and I have that level of trust, um, it goes a lot deeper than any sort of coworker relationship. Um, you know, I just know that no matter what, at the end of the day, it's going to get done. If it has to get done, it's just going to get done. Um, and that has just continued to be a blessing in our, in our business.
2: And there's one thing I'd like to add. Uh, is it is so comforting to have my brother in the business together with me. There's so many challenges that come at us every single day. There's so many things that are stressful and that are pulling us in a hundred different directions. And because I have a hundred percent confidence in Neil, Mm -hmm. it puts me at ease. Whatever he is working on will get done and will get done well. And we can divide and conquer and continue to move the
0: business forward was it the same way since you started or was that like an evolution of your relationship to get to the place that that you are right now like how how was it 10 years ago when you started i think we've always had this place of mutual respect
2: uh for each other we've always like most children we always found our own lanes in life and they were different. And so we don't step on each other's toes. Um, we're not ones to argue. We may disagree and that happens all the time. And that happens with business partners, but we've learned to disagree respectfully and learned how to resolve those disagreements respectfully yeah. uh, because at the end of the day we have a relationship that we don't want to get hurt and we've turned down opportunities. I will tell you, you know, when we were in LA in particular, we've had multiple people come up and say, we love your name. We love your, the concept and we love the story and we love Neil and Samir and the story of this being a family run business. And they wanted to make reality TV shows, frankly, about this. And we shied away from those because we know what they try to do is create drama for ratings, right? And to us, our relationship with each other is more important than that fame and that fortune. That's always something that we keep in the back of our minds. And that's always something that we prioritize. Uh, And to give you another example of that, Neil and I just went on a hike together on Saturday to get our time with each other in. So that we continue to work on our personal relationship and not focus only on the business.
0: Absolutely. that That's a very interesting topic. And that's like um, well, talking with Samir and you on that. There's a lot of things that could be the downside of working with family. The fact that you can uh, mix up the, the the relationship that needs to stay at work with a relationship that is at uh w- between between the family members but of course there's so many good things about it and that i think that trust the confidence in the other party that's something that you no matter how much you know friends or partners it's, that's not easy to create with another founder if it's not a family and so that that i'm i'm glad to hear that that's uh, making a huge role uh for for you guys and that's been that's been uh really great about this relationship for you too the other question I wanted to, the, to talk about uh, as well and, and ask is from Samir, but it's about your uh, decision to uh, get the funding uh, for the business to expand and finding the right partner, the, the right investor to come on board and, and have them on board for, for your expansion. Uh, what was What was those decision points? Why did you decide that the way for you guys to expand is to actually get funding get outside funding and, and grow with that. And how did you decide that uh, the that, uh, full course is actually the right partner for you?
1: I think the most important part for us was not getting the funding. It was getting the expertise. We could get the money. I feel like there is a way to get the money from somebody somehow is to raise funding, but it's, it's the know-how and, um, just know-how and connections, knowledge of the industry, um, that we're gaining the most from the relationship. Um, it's not about the funding, it's about building the company the right way. And, you know, they have experts for us that have skin in the game, ownership in the business in like, you know, but they're an expert in HR and operations and finance. And, you know, so anytime we're trying to, and they're constantly working with us to build and improve in each of those key areas. No. Um, so, whereas we might have been blind to an issue that we had in HR or something like that. And, you know, they're proactively encouraging us to do the work of building a great company and a culture and making sure that all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed along the way.
0: That is awesome. So, Samir, Neil, what's next for Nonstop? Where are you taking it next? What's the next location? Okay, when is the plan for the next location to open? How are you thinking and planning for the growth of the business?
1: Well, uh, after, you know, so much of during the last few years was in COVID was survival. And after coming out and feeling like we're stronger and we're performing even better than we were before the pandemic, we're looking now to to do it, to do our growth. And we're building out the franchising program. Uh, We're going to be opening up a few company-owned units. Um, So in the next five years you're going to see us with you know instead of three locations you're going to see us crossing 10 20 30 units
0: that is very
1: near future
0: so our goal is really
1: to um start making this indian food this comfortable approachable indian food just more widely available um providing a ton of growth opportunities to our team to fill into those positions and help uplift them too
2: and as we grow You know, we don't want to lose sight of some of the things our mom has taught us. There's a concept of Sheva, uh, which is serving others. So Neil has been really uh, helping raise money for a lot of organizations, local charitable organizations. We saw the need during COVID when people were affected so badly. It started with just those being food insecure, um, but then other organizations who are also having a challenge raising money. Um, and we've started special pop-up programs where we donate 10% back to organizations that help with domestic violence, with homelessness, with food insecurity, lots of schools, uh, a whole host of different organizations. And we want to continue to grow and give back to the community as we grow our
0: business. That is great to hear, Samir. Thank you for sharing that. Before I let you guys go, one, one last question. It's been an amazing, fascinating uh conversation with you guys so thank you so much for first of all for being so generous with your time and 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 sharing your experiences with us if you were to give a piece of advice i, I will go to to neil first and samir uh piece of advice to someone that's looking to open a quick service restaurant like nonstop, what would that be
1: i have to choose one
0: <laughs> the, the I, top uh, one or maybe top two <laughs>
1: i well, I want to say a two. One is one is um, do your homework. You know, if you haven't, worked, a lot of people want to get into the business. Like, oh, it's fun. I love entertaining. I love cooking. I'm good at it. Yeah, that's great. That's a wonderful. But you need restaurant experience. You need to just know what you're getting into as far as the wear and tear on your body, like up on your feet, 12, 14 hours a day sometimes. Um, just the hustle and bustle of it, the mental stress of, you know, carrying different orders in your head and this spill over here. And, you know, it's just, it takes a certain kind of person who really likes to do that. Um, so do your homework both in terms of your business, but also like knowing what the work is because, you know, practically speaking, the owner's going to have to like be the one who cleans the toilet when it overflows the first time or like, you know, get on their hands and knees and fix a pilot light on the oven when it goes out. You got a catering work going out in two hours or something like that. So just kind of being comfortable with that. The other is take care of your own mental health. The restaurant business is very stressful. It is, um, you know, people are like, uh, ask anybody how many, if they've cried in the walk-in cooler before, and like, you know, people <laughs> raise their hands. <laughs> I mean, there are memes. There are memes. I was reading like a twenty memes about people crying in the walk-in cooler the other day on a on like a Reddit thing. You know, it can be stressful sometimes. And also, being a business owner, and an entrepreneur is stressful in its own way. And not having the financial security, these things are stressful. So just make sure that you have a good support network. Make sure you're doing things for you. It can be easy to give all of your time and effort to your business and not have anything left and if you're not taking care of yourself you can't take care of your business so those are my two my two
0: takeaways absolutely did you steal what about you (laughs) (laughs)
2: literally the same you know um do your homework and don't be afraid have humility don't be afraid to jump in and do anything and everything because you need to uh to run this business well especially as you're starting You know, And that means, like Neil said, scrubbing toilets if you have to, working on your feet for 12 hours a day. Go up to another business owner and say, hey, I would like to open my own business. Can I learn from you? It's hard to think about that. Think about that for a second. You go tell somebody else, I want to learn your business. And you think someone's going to say no, right? Because you think they're going to look at you as a competitor. In reality, if you tell them that, they'll be like, Great. Give me one year. I'll teach you everything you need to know. You'll be lights out by then. One year. And you're a fantastic employee for one year. It's a win-win for everyone. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. And don't think anything's off the table. Be humble, humble enough to go work for somebody else before you open your own thing so you can learn. And like Neil said, take care of yourself physically, mentally, it's a marathon. And you're going to be doing this for years. And so you will burn out if you don't take care of yourself physically and mentally. Um, Find those resources for your support network. And, you know, I struggle with my physical health as well. And I have to remind myself, I have to take time out to do my exercises to do the things that I need to do so that I can be a better business partner, so I can be a a more effective leader, so that I can be a better husband and a better father. Um, And those are very important in life.
0: Samir, Neil, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. It was great having you on local lights.
2: So great to meet you, Thank you for
0: including us. Our pleasure.